So we are in a new episode of the History and Politics podcast. We are with Molly Nguyen, which is a professor of history at the Pacific Norwich College of Art. So we are going to talk about Jewish Argentinian history. So first of all, Molly, how did you came to, to this topic? I went to Whitman College, which is in Washington State, and I took a class on Mexican history, and I found it really fascinating and knew that I wanted to continue studying Latin America, and then the professor that taught the Mexican history course, Julie Charlip, was also working on revising a modern Latin America textbook. And so she hired me along with another student to help her read some of the most recent scholarship on Latin American history. And one of the topics that I read about was immigration to Latin America. So I read Jose Moya's book, Cousins and Strangers, about Spanish immigration to Buenos Aires, between 1870 and 1930, and a few other books about the immigrant experience in Argentina and Buenos Aires specifically. And I was fascinated from the beginning. I'm not from Latin America. I don't have close family members who are immigrants, but I was. I wanted to know more about the immigrant experience in Buenos Aires and to understand how it worked differently than it did in the United States. So I ended up going to graduate to get my PhD at Emory University with Jeff Lesser, and he had written books about Jewish immigration to Brazil. And so he was my advisor and my mentor in my graduate work, and I I came in knowing that I wanted to work on Jewish immigration to Argentina, and that's what I stayed with. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I came to, to know about uh, Jewish Latin American history for a thesis here in Peru. It was a doctoral thesis in sociology, actually, but the, the huh? person that did the thesis on the, on the Jewish community in, in Peru mentioned Jeffrey Laser and he I have been reading some things about it and but yeah I mean the as as a Latin America the, the idea in general is that, that Argentina has a lot of uh, immigration from Europe and, and sometimes it's not necessarily that uh, conscious the, the issue that there is also Jewish immigration but but um, the the person that did the the thesis on, on the Peruvian Jewish community always put, put uh, a comparison with, with Argentina, that it's a much larger Jewish community, that it's much more present, and it has sometimes even noisy celebrations. And and, and I remember the, for the time that I went to, to Argentina in El Abasto, I think it's the, 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 the shopping mall where, where there is even a McDonald's that, that serves kosher food. It's very curious. Right. I think it's the only kosher McDonald's in the world, or it was for a while. Yeah, I, I yeah. think so. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's very, <laughs> it's very curious. Yeah, so 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 when did did the the Jewish community start to to come to Argentina? unusual history in terms of immigrants. The first group of Jews from Eastern Europe, the Ashkenazi Jews, that's, that's mostly what I study, they came in 1890. Now, before that, there were a number of Jewish families from Western Europe, France, Germany, um, some, a few from England, but they were there. They were middle-class Europeans who had come primarily for business purposes. And it wasn't a very cohesive community, and it wasn't one that grew very quickly. So those, the, the Western European Jews were coming, you know, in the early days of the Argentine Republic after the Fall of Rosas, which is in 1853. So they're coming in the 1850s and 60s and 70s. And you also had some Sephardic Jews, so Jews from who had originally been in Iberia and then were kicked out in, you know, 1492 and before, and ended up in the Middle East and North Africa. You do have some Sephardim coming to Argentina, also, you know, mid. 
is really where the Jewish community in Argentina begins in the early 1890s. So the Jews are there in these agricultural colonies in the 1890s, but the colonies are not very well administered. They face a lot of problems in particularly the late 1890s in terms of drought and poor harvests and really problems that are difficult for the, for the colonists to overcome. Added to which, most of the colonists don't have any agricultural experience. They're coming from Eastern Europe where Jews didn't tend to be farmers or be able to own land or anything like that. So they're asked to become farmers and they don't really have the skills to do that. They don't get much training or support. And ultimately, most of the people who settled in these colonies end up moving to either Buenos Aires or Rosario because there are more opportunities there. If you were a carpenter or a hat maker back in Poland, you can do those things in Rosario or Buenos Aires. And another problem that plagues these roles is the lack of any kind of secondary education. So you can get an elementary education, but if you want your children to go to high school, they can't stay. That's another thing that pushes these people out of, of rural Argentina and into the cities. And then after 1905, when you have the Russo-Japanese War and more conscription of Jews specifically for the Russian army and the Kishinev pogrom, you have more and more Jews coming from Eastern Europe, and most of them end up settling in Buenos Aires. They don't, they don't even bother to go to the colonies first, because by 1905, there is a small but growing group of Eastern European Jews in the city of Buenos Aires. Yeah, I, I, and how do you do you see the context of, of the World War Two and in the in the immigration of to Argentina? How big well, of a factor is to the community? The problem in Argentina is the problem everywhere. Is that as it gets closer and closer to 1939, nobody wants to take these Jews who are trying to get out of Germany. In the early 1930s, you do have a number of Jews that are able to immigrate. Austria that are able to immigrate, but by 1937, 1938, Argentina isn't taking them. And that, I mean, that's, that's the case throughout the Americas. It's incredibly tragic, but it's, it's the reality. And then after World War II, you have a number of Jews who are who, who survived the Holocaust who then come to Argentina. I mean, this is the period when you have the creation of the State of Israel, but there are a number of Jews who have family in Argentina and, and come to Argentina instead of going to Israel or to the United States, which is the, which is the other big popular destination. So, I mean, I, I have some some views uh, or readings about the, the the Argentina historiography that have been a uh, relation with Jewish history. And one of them is, is the the militancy of, of of Jews in the early Communist Party and in the in the broad, more broad Argentinian left. How how do you see that part of the historiography that has been developed in the last years? How is it developed? I think it's it's developed enormously, and I think it's wonderful because so many Jews were 
extremely leftist. I mean, a lot of a lot of the people that I studied would have identified themselves as you know communists or socialists or anarchists first, and that being Jewish was just this other thing. That their political ideology was the most important thing. I think there is such fascism in Argentina, and Jews were an important part of that. But I think that since so much of what was written about uh, leftist Jews in that period and by them was in Yiddish, that that's been a barrier before. But now there are more and more people who are able to read these sources in the original Yiddish, and that's that's really made a huge difference because you have you have leftist Jewish newspapers as early as 1905, and that's really amazing. I mean, it's not a very large immigrant group, but to have these politically aligned newspapers written entirely in Yiddish, um, I think it really says a lot of the political commitment of a lot of Jews who uh, who were mostly recent immigrants themselves. Yeah, that, that's that's certainly interesting. I, I was thinking, uh, the how do you see that that Argentinian culture in general has show some influence of Jewish culture in particular? I don't know that there would be particular parts of Argentine culture that we could point to and say, oh, well, that's, that's specifically Jewish. But I think, I think that the Jewish background gets mixed into this whole immigrant heritage kind of mix that you have in Argentina, that immigrants came and made very strategic choices about how to present themselves as being Argentine. You know, immigrants quickly picking up things like drinking mate, for example, and wearing alpargatas and bombachas, these, you know, iconic sort of extra clothing that people in Argentina would have recognized as being like their clothing. <coughs> I think that if we think specifically of Buenos Aires, that people still think of the Once neighborhood as being sort of the heart of Jewish Buenos Aires, even though it really isn't much anymore. There are still a lot of Jewish institutions in Jose. But I don't I don't think there are particular elements of Argentine culture that are demonstrably Jewish, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess it does. And uh, how, how do you see the another uh, issue that, that, that has uh, a lot of, I, I guess it's probably it's the difference between the Argentinian Jewish community and other Jewish communities is that 
if I'm not wrong, there are smaller Jewish communities that have moved to Argentina. And I think the Bolivian is one of them, if I'm not wrong. Or, no, or at least part. With, are you thinking of Jewish Bolivians? Yes, post. After World War II? Yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Bolivia, because Bolivia was one of the last countries in the Americas to take Jews. Um, so, yes, you do have smaller groups, like from Bolivia. I think there was a small group of Paraguayan Jews, and I think many of them also came to um, Argentina. I mean, Buenos Aires really becomes an, kind of the center for Jewish life in America. I mean, there, there, is, there is an important Jewish population in Sao Paulo, in, in Mexico City, but I think that there is more diversity depth in the Jewish community in Buenos Aires than there is anywhere else in the Americas. Yeah, that's that's probably the the case. I am. I'll tell you the most I know is the Jewish community here, but Peru. But but yeah, I I mean the how do 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 the Jewish Argentinian community saw the 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 creation of Israel and and how it's had been its relationship. Oh, that's fascinating. It's um. So there has been, before the creation of the State of Israel, there was a strong Zionist movement in Argentina. And the Zionist movement that had organizations with both Eastern European Ashkenazi Jews and Sephardic Jews from the Middle East and North Africa. So it was a very broad group that was interested in, in Zionism. And you have these, these different groups doing fundraisers, um, trying to do anything that they can to help the Jewish community in Palestine before the creation of the state of Israel. But what is interesting about these efforts is that for the most part, it seems like the Jews in Argentina like the idea of a Jewish state, want to support Jews living there, but they themselves are not interested in moving there. For Jews who need it, they think it's great. If you are being um, treated by anti-Semitic acts in Eastern Europe, absolutely, move to Israel. But for those in Argentina, Argentina was their home. And they wanted to support Zionism because they saw it as supporting Jews worldwide. But it wasn't like there was a large group of people who were actively trying to move to the Middle East. After the creation of Israel, there is there's enormous support by the, the Jewish community in Argentina. And there continues to be a lot of support for Israel in Argentina. And... 
after the economic crisis in Argentina in 2001 that lasted, of course, into 2002 and 2003, there were a lot of Jews who chose to move to Israel because the economic situation in Argentina was so bad. So you have really quite a large Argentine Jewish population that now lives in Israel, many of them who have come in the last 20 years. So I would say that there are actually quite strong connections and continue to be between Israel and Argentina. That's interesting. And and how you, you have seen the, the division between the between the the denominations inside Judaism are, are is the more of the Jewish population reformist, conservative or orthodox? Well, most Jews in Argentina are not very religious at all. And there is a small Orthodox Jewish population there, but for the most part, they are what we in the United States would call secular Jews. You know, they, they celebrate Passover, they have people over to their house, they're going to celebrate Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, but they don't go to the synagogue regularly. And they are Jewish, but the religious aspect of it is not very important to them. Okay, so... So in that way, it's quite different than the United States. Oh. So the other thing that I was going to ask you is, how do, do, do conversions go with the Jewish community? Because... In Peru, there has been curious cases that sometimes when communities have been interested in, in convert to Judaism, sometimes the people most interested in, 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 in these uh, non-Jewish people to convert to Judaism has been Israelis and not the Jewish community per se. Uh, is, in, is the Jewish community in Argentina interested in conversions? It's against? Uh, what's the position? No, because honestly, the way the way that Judaism has traditionally been set up is that you can convert to Judaism, but you are not supposed to proselytize. You are not supposed to go out and try to get people to convert to Judaism. That is not traditionally been something that Jews were supposed to do. But you have seen this changing after World War II, especially with the rise of groups behind the Chabad houses that you've seen grow up internationally. Chabad um, are much more interested in bringing people into Judaism and converting people than other groups. So within the Jewish community in Argentina, I mean, there there is a group, there is Chabad there, and they do participate in these in, the, in these proselyt uh, these proselytizing efforts. But the vast majority of Jews in Argentina are not are not engaged in trying to convert people, because most Jews feel that that is against. Judaism. 
If someone if someone comes and says, I want to marry someone who's Jewish, I want to convert, or if they have some strong reason, great. But it's a matter of the individual coming to a rabbi or a synagogue and saying, this is what I'm interested in, um, rather than religious people within the community going out and trying to get people to convert. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I understand. So another question that, that I was going to ask you is how how does the these new because I, I suppose that it's a very particular branch of Latin American history be, being developed because I I feel that, that still there isn't not that much bibliography, particularly in some cases. I I don't think there are books about the Jewish community in some in some of the most more smaller countries that, that don't have necessarily that larger Jewish community. Mm -hmm. Although I guess mm -hmm. almost all countries in Latin America have at least some Jewish community. Um, mm -hmm. So how do you see this development? I think that the historiography, so much of it started, especially in the smaller countries in Latin America, as being a communal effort. So someone within the Jewish community who is not an academic, not a trained historian, will say, okay, I would really like to write the history of the Jews of Costa Rica or something like that. So for a lot of these countries like Central America, for example, what we mostly have are works by people who are not professional historians. But I think that that is changing as we see more and more interest in Latin American Jewish history and Latin American Jewish literature, which has a lot of people engaged in, in studying that. It's, it's beginning to be more the work is professionalized, I think would be the best way of saying it, that rather than just writing, you know, a history of the synagogue or, you know, a history of settlement in Bogota or whatever it is, that it's, it's looking more broadly at the context of Jews in Latin America and what other, you know, smaller communities are doing and placing that community within the larger framework yes uh, so within this this framework uh the that the jewish communities in, in latin america i mean some uh, at least the, the the case that i know a little bit more outside peru is is the bolivian case that the, that the jewish communities has mm -hmm. been dwindling its numbers have been getting mm -hmm. smaller and smaller and smaller and uh, and sometimes mm -hmm. I guess I suppose the, the quite the contrary is the case of Argentina because it, it, it still at least until now it has had um, a relatively large success but one wonders because I'm in Peru and the news of Argentina come closer that the crisis is becoming much bigger than we are going to speak and some people said that, that this crisis could be one of the largest in Argentina's story so that could represent um, a trigger at some point to the to the Jewish community in the future that that will make another waves of immigration either to Israel or, or to the US that I think has been other popular destination of Latin American Jews 
I think that's absolutely true. And I think that I think that Jews emigrating is part of the story, but I also think as we get further and further away from the immigrant generation that more people are not identifying as Jewish. I know that when I lived in Argentina, I would tell people the kind of research that I was doing, and more than once, people who were probably in their 30s or 40s would say, oh, that's interesting, you know, my parents are Jewish, or my grandparents are Jewish, but that they themselves did not identify as Jewish. They hadn't converted to Catholicism, they hadn't done, they hadn't taken any steps, but they did not identify themselves as Jewish. Which to me was fascinating, because here in the United States, if your parents are Jewish, you're Jewish, unless there is some kind of conversion process. But in Argentina, it seems as though people are much quicker to cast that identity off than we might see other places. So I think that the dwindling numbers have, could have a number of different interpretations. Yeah, I think it's very curious because in, in the Peruvian case, more or less any person which is of Jewish descent identifies as Jewish, even if part of their family is not Jewish. Mm -hmm. That is a very yes. curious case, what you're seeing in, in, in Argentina, um, which is very... I, I, thought it, I thought it was fascinating because I thought when, when I talked to the first person who told me that, oh, well, they must have converted or there must have been something. But then I asked the next person, and they said, oh, no, it's just, you know, it's this thing my father does. He goes, he's part of the Maccabee Club. He goes and swims there. My grandparents are involved, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not Jewish. And it's like, wow, that's crazy that you, that, that, identi that Jewish identity is able to work that way in Argentina. So I think to end, we could talk about where the the people can find your work. Okay. I have written a book published by the University of New Mexico Press called Oi My Boy Nice, Jewish Immigrants and the Creation of Argentine National Identity. And I also have an article in the book, The New Jewish Argentina, which is edited by Renan Rhine and Adriana Brodsky. Those would be probably the easiest places to find my work. Well, okay, I think we could leave it here. Uh, it has been a really a pleasure to talk to you about this really interesting topic. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking me. I really enjoyed it.